Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of The It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Good morning. Glad to be back. Missed all of you. Today, we're going to talk about the effective manager. As a manager in today's social and political turbulence, work-like fusion, the pandemic, and hybrid workplaces, you've faced greater management challenges than ever in the past. Given these major changes as a manager, you will be expected to add more soft skills to your overall style of managing. Initially, these changes will probably add additional stress, and pressure to your already demanding position. Like all change, though, it always appears overwhelming in the beginning. But there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Moving forward and through the tunnel by accepting, adjusting, adapting, and welcoming personal growth is your first step. And whenever you make change, it's a piece of your personal growth. Beyond that first step, it will take you and your readiness not to resist change, but to grow as a manager and not stay stuck in the middle of the tunnel, doing what you've always done. By taking the challenge to move out of your comfort zone and out of the tunnel, you will ultimately reap great benefits. Your stress will definitely decrease. You and your team members will be more productive and invested at work, all of which is your key to success. A positive attitude and keeping an open mind will also help you deal with these new requirements, while at the same time giving you the opportunity to expand your management skills, thus increasing your overall effectiveness. Let's face it, the new normal is here to stay, and it's not going away. Change is here. As each company is unique, exactly what specific changes will impact you, I don't know. But as a heads up, I suspect they may affect management areas such as recruitment, hiring, performance reviews, retention, training, and a serious need to improve soft skills. I'm sure most of you out there know what soft skills are. If you don't and you read further, we're going to discuss them more and you'll see that we're talking about how we interact with others. The development and execution of these new requirements in soft skills will mostly be focused on HR. Human resources will likely work closely with all management to meet the new requirements by developing integrating and rolling out new and improved soft skill approaches that you will be expected to perform. As a manager, you must acknowledge that your team members have been affected by the pandemic and therefore will need more from you than was necessary before the pandemic. You will discover that most, if not all of your team members have been negatively affected by the drastic changes in the way they view work and feel about their work. To meet your team members' new realities, you must be prepared to offer a more insightful and understanding approach to managing them. Your expertise and comfort managing from a soft skill approach and perspective, such as critical and creative thinking, will be required. Therefore, you need to become 
comfortable improving those soft skills. Today's workplace has to take on a new way of thinking. Something that may help as you challenge yourself to learn new skills is to think of yourself as not only a manager, but in certain situations and instances as a coach and as a servant. Think of how differently the word coach can be interpreted from the word manager. Being a coach is seen more as a joint effort, with the coach wanting you to rise to your potential and being there with you to help that happen. Whereas the manager is often interpreted as the overseer, reporting upward and not as involved personally with each team member. Leading your team for success takes on a new and different ideology regarding how you go about developing these new skills. It's no longer an option to manage as you have been managing in the past. Your personal beliefs and approaches may have to be adjusted in areas of how you think about people, how you judge them, and how well you can communicate with them. These are soft skills. Your team members will require much more patience, acceptance, understanding, empathy, and responsiveness from you. The benefit for you to step up and execute these soft skills will ultimately free up much-needed time for your own personal development. It will also provide additional time to offer your team members the help and attention required to grow a happier and stronger team that will keep production and efficiency up, costs down, and that will create more harmonious work environments. To garner greater acceptance and cooperation from your team, you must be able to model and demonstrate a positive attitude and a personal interest in their worries, their fears, or life changes caused by the pandemic. Some of your employees may have lost loved ones and are grieving. Whatever the situation, you will need the ability to exhibit to team members ongoing support. If you have also been affected by the pandemic, self-care is vital for you if you hope to keep supporting your team effectively. Don't be afraid to seek help for yourself or share your own story with your team. It makes you more human and only builds a stronger team. Because of the pandemic, here are just a few examples of what your team members need to feel from you. Notice I stress the word feel. They need to feel that you hear them and understand them. Many may feel fragile at this time, which is not something they likely will share with you. You need to be able to pick up on that. In other words, pay attention to your instincts, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Because of this pandemic, there were massive layoffs. Businesses were forced to close or shut down completely, and staffing became a huge problem. Schools were shut down, causing childcare to become a nightmare. In a two-partner household, one partner may have been forced to quit his or her job to be home for the children, or children were alone with only a neighbor, relative, or friend to look in on them. The medical profession was and still is working beyond what is safe for themselves and their patients. Teachers were put between a rock and a hard place as the administration could not provide the support needed to handle the serious effects on children's learning ability outside of a structured classroom. Teachers often work nights trying to keep their students up to speed, finding it wasn't enough. Some children were fortunate to be in a situation where there was an adult at home to help guide and monitor their online studies, while most children had little to no supervision. 
Even as the children re-entered school, the educational damage and emotional damage was very obvious. The isolation caused by the pandemic affected everyone, children, adults, everyone. Deaths caused by the pandemic brought an even greater tragedy as loved ones could not hold the hand of their partner or their child or any other family member or loving friend as they passed. They had no closure. These tragedies triggered feelings of despondency, severe depression, anxiety, and other types of emotional devastation for all people involved. Studies are showing that our new normal has left many employees feeling confused, fearful, and filled with anxiety. Some have simply just dropped out of the workforce altogether. Many feared losing their jobs or were not emotionally ready to focus quickly on their tasks as in the past. They need catch-up time. They need your patience. The pandemic disrupted daily work schedules and routines and personal lives in general. Let's face it, we do better with routines. We do better with schedules. But when everything seems up in the air and we don't even know what we're feeling anymore, it becomes really difficult to focus and to move forward. Because greater numbers work in a hybrid world, an open-door policy can no longer be lip service. It needs to be real, available, and also designed for informal conversations. That door just needs to be open. Checking in with your employees more often will demonstrate your ongoing support. Your follow-up has to be consistent and continuous. Because greater numbers work in a hybrid world, that offers more choices about where, when, and how much they work. Managers must adjust to becoming creative about managing these individuals. You now have to consider yourself a coach capable of serving your team members and empowering them versus only directing and overseeing. Here's some of the questions I heard from employees regarding some of their past disappointments and frustrations with management. Not receiving their performance reviews promptly and sometimes not at all. Not getting responses to important questions that pertain directly to their job. Not receiving enough proper training. Feeling they were never heard. Management not being open to new ideas. Feelings of favoritism within the team. Experiencing discrimination, sexual harassment, and hurtful behavior and management sweeping it under the rug. Let me give you a great example of demoralizing and hurtful behavior being ignored or swept under that carpet. Companies big and small continued to ignore things unless they paid out a huge settlement, and that really became to the forefront when the federal law was passed requiring sexual harassment and hostile work environments training. It was mandated that all companies with 15 or more employees had to receive sexual harassment and hostile work environment prevention training. The state of California made their prevention training even more rigid. They required this training even if there was only one employee or even if their employees were out of that state. But it took years for companies to do their due diligence. The EEOC stepped in, equal opportunity, and they started really pushing these suits, these lawsuits. Sadly, the companies put this training in mostly to protect themselves from lawsuits by implementing a program. This, they thought, would take them off the hook if a complaint was filed. 
As early as the 80s, think how far back that goes, soft skill training was being discussed, but few recognized the long-term benefits because it wasn't always comfortable. It didn't suit someone's personality. Some people like to dictate. I could go on and on with why it wasn't easily accepted. Books on Servant Leadership by John Maxwell, which if you haven't read, I highly recommend that you do, especially while preparing to improve your leadership skills. Dr. Maxwell's insight, knowledge, and research will be helpful to you. And there are many other worthwhile training books on the market for you to choose from. Always be willing to learn more about what you do and how you do it. In the past, managers couldn't get out of their preconceived notions of how to manage to realize that offering the soft skill approaches and meaningful training would have an overall positive impact on their team members' work. Too many of these managers didn't even want to look at the positive possibilities. And why? Well, my best guess is they didn't want to change. They didn't want to do the personal work to grow as a manager and as a person. They didn't want any added cost or new rules or regulations associated with the change. They were comfortable with the status quo, allowing them to stay in their comfort zones. If you explore this antiquated way of thinking, you realize its severe limitations. What should be basic when managing others is the desire to empower, to show respect, to honor equality, and be kind to everyone. These are attributes that all outstanding leaders encompass. Let's get more specific and look at some of the areas that will require your attention and that you may need to improve, alter, or change completely. One, your level of awareness regarding how you think and feel about your team members. And that includes how you think about people in general. Two, do you give equal time to each of them? Three, how well do you listen to your team members or do you tend to focus on what you want them to hear? Four, how capable are you at objectively assessing their skill levels, especially their soft skills? And how well can you train them if you don't have those soft skills yourself? Five, how well do you recruit if that's in your job description? handle performance reviews, proper documentation, manage long distances, and new security and privacy issues. Six, how insightful and objective are you about assessing your soft skills? Seven, is your communication style open and welcoming, or is it infrequent, strained, or even closed? I want to repeat number five, and I'm going to say it slower so you can really take it in. How well do you recruit? How well do you hire? Handle performance reviews, proper documentation, manage long distances, new security and privacy issues. Number eight, are you secure enough to ask for feedback from your team members as a way to ensure you have communicated clearly? That's a biggie. And if you're not willing to do that, because, believe me, it would only be due to some insecurity within yourself. And that's something well worth your while changing. Number nine, how informed do you keep your team members about what is happening within the company? How many people have told me they have no idea what's going on within the company? If there's something they should be maybe looking at for moving up or promotion or whatever, that's your job. And number 10, how often do you make it your point to have informal conversations with each team member and to talk about their goals? 11. 
How honest are you with yourself regarding your own biases and prejudices? And how do you manage those biases and prejudices? 12. How good are your listening skills? 13. How judgmental are you? How many people say no immediately? And then within a conversation, they're judgmental. 14. Do you empower your team members by coaching and serving them to achieve their potential? Today's work environment demands that you are concerned for the health and well-being of your team. And it is the use of soft skills that demonstrate such concern while helping them rebuild their levels of productivity and efficiency. Remember to give them some time and some grace. Although we must learn to adjust to our new normal, an article written by Gardner HR points out that the last several years will continue to have a lasting impact on the future of work regarding technology, generational, and social skills. They report that employees are mostly frustrated and unhappy. Learning the benefits of incorporating coaching in the way you manage helps make the new normal easier rather than your enemy. But remember, as I pointed out with coaching, it's a small piece and it has to fit in the right area. Consider these new requirements as your opportunity to develop these new skills, increase your capacity to see yourself and your direct reports through a different lens and experience them as your equals. In 2023, all executive positions must get savvy to snag in-demand talent and focus on employee mental health and confront data ethics in new HR technology. Well, our next topic will be of interest to you because the topic is identifying your management style. You know what's going to be expected of you, and now let's identify how you work now and what you might need to do. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is in apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, a is an apple, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible, and I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week, and remember to be proud of who you are.